This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello again, and welcome back to Shake Them Ropes. My name is Chris Novembrino. I am joined, as always, by Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, how you doing tonight? I am not hacking up a lung. I am not stuffed up. I have an occasional cough. We're both healthy We're on both this episode. We're barely healthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've missed the last episode because... I had the worst case of like acute stomach virus that I have had in years. Um, this was brutal and devastating, and I couldn't like look at a screen or really do high level thinking on any level last Thursday, which was very, very inconvenient, might I just say, Jeff, for my other job. So <laughs> it was just the worst time to be sick as a dog. But I'm back. I'm healthy. I'm back in the saddle on all fronts, and we have a lot of wrestling to talk about here on this episode. And I had about five minutes worth of opinions, so it wasn't worth recording a show. Uh, l- let me, I'll give you guys a quick thing. If you haven't caught up on the Wednesday slash Thursday TV, um, and now Tuesday, cause 205 Live, uh, 205 Live to me, you know, it was a goodbye to Cedric Alexander. Uh, NXT UK to me w- wasn't worth watching because the, um, is mostly squash matches for NXT UK guys over B-teamers from NXT. If you like that sort of thing, go ahead. I didn't think there was much to it, but I did it, you know, I, it did set up, they did set up Mustache Mountain versus uh, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews, which I am all in for on that match. That that was a... Are both of them babyface? Yes, I don't mind babyface okay. versus babyface tag team matches. At no, all. I don't mind that either. No, no, especially not on NXT UK where there's more of a emphasis on the in-ring action and you can do babyface on babyface and it's totally fine. And that crowd will carry that match. No, I'm I'm totally on board with that. Yeah, I was just and th- this wondering was, if maybe Flash Morgan Webster might be moving into that heel character you like. Th- this was American crowds because um, these were taped at Access, so they weren't going to get the great responses i think of an N- of a hot crowd in NXT but uh, you know it, it wasn't a bad show it's just it, but it is utterly skippable in my opinion if if you're a completist um uh NXT i thought for storytelling was pretty good i liked the buddy murphy versus velveteen dream match i thought that was i did as well i i actually watched that and i, I liked that a lot main buddy murphy i was thinking about it as wwe expands into Australia, they really do have a star in Buddy Murphy that they can point to and say, like, this is a success story from the NXT Performance Center, and I think that that speaks well of Buddy Murphy. Yeah, I I, I, I think he needs a little bit more in the personality way, but they've been bad on, I mean, we'll get into that with both these shows this week. They lost the thread on his character, and, and he had a lot of interesting wrinkles into his personality at various points on 205, but now we've just kind of stripped him down to, he's a guy with a bit of a swagger, and that's what makes him a heel. Yeah, um, and they also uh, found a way to write off Kyrie Sane, um, in terms of, uh, I, I like the match versus Shayna Baszler. Io Shirai comes in before she can destroy Kyrie's arm, leading to the DQ, meaning she can never have another NXT title match again. 
And so they use that as an opportunity to get her off TV totally and move her up to SmackDown. I'm fine with that. Right, right. Or maybe at some point Kyrie comes back down and gets her revenge on EO, but probably not. I think we're just going to move on. Well, I but they e- left the door a little bit open because she can never have another title match again, but she now has this vendetta against EO if she wants to turn heel, right? If she, if they want to do the vendetta or they can just play up the, the, the friendship story. I'm fine with, with both of those. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, that's true too. And then if you're a pure work rate person, if you're, if, if you don't want stories or promos or anything like that, the worlds collide videos that dropped from um from access especially the luke harper donovan dijakovic match i i really enjoyed that quite a bit there's a lot of good stuff in there if you just want kind of an indie show type of feel type of thing where you get a bunch of super matches that don't really mean anything all of those matches were really really good i thought so you want to get into Raw now, or do we have some news to hit before we get into Raw? A couple of quick uh, hits on, on the news front I'll, I'll, I'll go over. Uh, Sasha Banks and the WWE are apparently at a stalemate as to her return. Um, this could be another Neville situation, or they could just come back and go, hey, we'll let you win money in the bank and cash it in. I, it could go either way here. I I understand Sasha's frustration because of how she views the wrestling business, Versus how WWE operates, but um, I, you know what, I, I don't mind. It, it's weird because if it takes this to make a character fresh, leaving them off TV while they have a, for lack of a better term, a, a bit of a tiff with management, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with there being less people on TV week to week. There's nothing wrong with that and having them come back into the mix and doing something fresh when they get back. I'm on board with that. I think that WWE probably needs to formalize a little bit more what that kind of rotating people off TV model looks like so that those people are still doing things that they can sink their teeth into um, during the reinvention period or whatever. But yeah, man, I'm fine with her coming back and getting the Money in the Bank briefcase. I just think there's a bit of a logjam right now in the women's division because you have all roads leading through Becky Lynch. And this is a bit of an unforeseen mistake when they were planning out the Becky two belts angle. Oh, there's plenty of mistakes to be had in the planning, and we'll get to that in a little bit as well, but as for Sasha, I think she's smart enough to know that the money and the and the stardom is in WWE. I, I think... I, I don't view her as a person who wants to go and have to get on the struggle bus a bit to get bookings or to go to AEW and kind of take a secondary role, so to speak. I'm, but it would not shock me if she sat out the rest of her contract. It wouldn't. Neither, neither way would shock me. It, it really wouldn't. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Any other bits of news you want to hit? Um, the WWE has also asserted their power. For those of you going to Las Vegas in May, Flex. The Undertaker and Kurt Angle will no longer be a part of Starcast which is possibly the least surprising news I've ever heard. It's not surprising. It is very petty, and you kind of wish that Vince could get past this, but no, I think this guy is very much stuck in his ways on many different things across the board. Oh, Vince McMahon is big boy Caprice from Dick Tracy. All's fair, love, and business. This is business. You know, he, he, of course it's petty. 
Of course it's petty. No, this is so true, though. He comes from that Reed Sun Tzu, the art of war generation. Yeah. Like when baby boomers were into that in the late 70s, early 1980s. So, yeah, business is war. We got to win. You got to crush your enemy. Yeah. Oh, oh, you thought you had them signed for big money? No, no, no. If they want their Legends contract to be upheld, they'll come back to us. Um, I am circling <laughs> my opponent. I love the art of war. It, it's weird because for all the... uh. For all the great planning and business that, that the WWE seems to do from time to time, we are now in week two of the Superstar Shake-Up, where the shake-up has literally meant whatever they want it to mean. It's more like confusion. It's the Superstar Confusion. There's a lack of planning, which absolutely gobsmacks me for a reboot of your show. And they're kind of admitting it on the air, which is really rather stunning. It's a bit meta, but for them to kind of go, oh, you know, this is kind of a bit confusing for people. Yeah. Why? Because the proper planning prevents a piss-poor performance. If I can quote a great movie from the 70s, The Killer Elite. Um, <laughs> and this feels like, I mean, look, Monday Night's script was done five minutes before air. And I'm... It felt I'm, like it. It felt like it. It it. It, it, it boggles my mind that they don't have stories in place for this reboot. They had six guys basically come out and go, I want the belt. And that, that, that's the basis of the promo. This is a billion promo. dollar company, man. You know what I with mean? With 34 like, and, writers. With, and they want to be considered for Emmys. I don't blame the writers ever. I blame it. I blame the showrunner as always. No, it's the editorial eye. The writers can only write what the editor wants to put on yeah. the screen. Yeah, I'm just it 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 kills me that, that it's like wait, we were we were scrambling for this. I it's oh my goodness. And there were moves on here that just it it, it <laughs> Do we want to start from the beginning? Okay, the opening promo. You you have Seth Rollins come out. You have Triple H come out. And basically it's as if they didn't even hear that there were going to be two triple threat matches tonight because all Seth wanted to talk about was Brock Lesnar. And you're like, wait, what? what? Are we just going to take cheap shots at Brock? Are we actually going to build up this thing that they just said on TV that apparently Seth is unaware of because now we have, you know, your parade of guys who just come out and go, I want the title. I want the title. I want the title. And it's like, it's, it's uninteresting. These promos. It, it's everything. Oh, yeah. I know the bucket head move that's trying to be edgy. So you go, wait, wait, what did he just say? Uh, you just stomped in his bucket head. And, of course, you know, that evokes something else. And then you rewind it and you go, ugh, and you roll your eyeballs. And then the rest of this is about the Kingslayer and the Beastslayer and this and that. And Seth Rollins as a baby face just remains very, very two-dimensional. It, it, it's, remember, kids, this is an office office show set in the world of professional wrestling so it's all about i want to be vice president i want to be vice president i want to be vice president i wanted to be the trusted guy in the company i want the executive <laughs> to trust me with the big project like john cena that is essentially what everyone's gunning for right you want to be the new john cena who's the guy who gets to handle the big account yeah, uh, that said, I thought both triple threat matches... Those were good! Those were actually good matches. They had weird stakes, and you didn't necessarily sink your teeth into it because of the weird stakes that were placed on those matches. But when you were actually sitting down and watching the matches, 
I was like, okay, all right, these aren't bad. Rey Mysterio looked good. The, the, that was a fun little triple threat. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I would rather that none of these guys on this TV show ever get beat except for pay-per-views. And it would be far more interesting of a show except for maybe a TV main event here and there. Because I, I just, I don't see the value in beating Joe because he is your mid-card title holder. Or your secondary title holder. And Rey Mysterio being in consideration for all this made me audibly laugh. When he came out and was like, I want a title shot. I'm like, dude, you got clowned in 10 <laughs> seconds at WrestleMania. What are we talking about? Well, he, he's a star, so he deserves to be. I feel like even if I was a kid, if I had just watched WrestleMania, back when I was like young Novi and watching wrestling constantly, it was sweating out of my pores, I would have watched that and been like, dude, you just lost really badly at the last pay-per-view. Why would you get a title shot? The, the Miz, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin match was better than it had any right to be, I thought. Yes. Yes, it was. It, it, none of the people... Well, I like Drew McIntyre, but... Babyface Miz is still a little bit touch and go, but that worked in a very weird way, but that actually worked. It worked in a weird way. The tr I would rather they just hide Drew McIntyre if this is how they're going to keep protect him. Oh, uh, boy, yeah. howdy. Absolutely. No, I, I thought that Drew McIntyre was a prime candidate for a Seth Rollins title shot coming out of Mania because he actually pinned Rollins going into Mania, mm -hmm. but it appears we've just completely dropped that seed. I think we're holding it off for later until we get past. Till we get past, I think he's the SummerSlam choice. I do. Um, I, That's I'm probably down, right. I'm down with AJ Styles and, and and Seth if they give him some time, as opposed to. But see, I've been hurt before, kids. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going through that door if I'm getting AJ versus Shinsuke, where Seth Rollins decides he's just gonna kick guys in the balls to win title matches from now on. I, I, but you know, a well, nice little match. I'm I'm down for AJ Styles and Seth Rollins at this point. What I am not down with regarding AJ Styles is this new gimmick of never rest, never rust, which is a thing that people around the age of forty start saying. It's not a thing that you Wait, would say hold, in your twenties. Hold, hold on, I have never said that, and I am no, past I know, the age of I, I'm not saying every person around forty automatically <laughs> a biological clock goes off in your head. And you start like spouting out these weird workout cliches, but it's essentially drawing attention to. Well, I'm getting old. Older, but I work really hard. Well, they did that, but they also drew attention to, again, this, this for some reason, Vince wants to get AJ Styles over as the bulldog. And I don't, I don't. Because he's short. It. Yeah. And he's from Georgia and the Georgia Bulldogs. You're a bulldog. I'm just, okay. Bringing that back up. I, I, there's something lame in his promo delivery about having to read off his resume every time it's like dude the omitted sanitized resume so yeah. like when baron corbin is talking about beating kurt angle aj styles could rebut this by saying i had tons of matches against kurt angle when he was in his prime and, of course, he can't say that because they don't want to ever touch that part of AJ Styles' history. So he makes these appeals to his illustrious past that we don't know a ton about. That said, I did like the callback to beat up John Cena. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that was a that. nice little touch on the promo. I, I, if you're going to criticize, you also have to give give props for, for the good stuff. Um, no, but the beat up John Cena angle was awesome. That was just a fun angle. 
So <laughs> this was a night of odd decisions in the win-loss column at times, I, I thought, for Raw. Uh, we get a nice promo package for Cedric Alexander, and he comes out and he loses to Cesaro. Is Cesaro separated from Sheamus now? I, I I'm confused so. by this. Okay, so we're getting a single Cesaro push. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, Sheamus has uh, spinal stenosis. Oh, okay. And okay. one of the reasons his career has gone on so long is he can be protected in this tag team. Um, I think he may be taking some time off. Sure, um, sure. But I'm just like, you don't hype a debut for a guy and then beat him. You just don't. That's just bad. It wasn't a bad match. They have good chemistry together. We're talking about Cesaro and Cedric Alexander here. These are great workers, but it's just a head-scratching pairing of two guys who are fresh on this roster and are getting new fresh stories so really theoretically both Cesaro and Cedric Alexander in different places on the card this week should be getting wins and if you want to have them clash somewhere down the line like at yes. pay-per-view that makes perfect sense it's very weird to have Cesaro beat Cedric especially when Cedric's so new to the main roster entirely yeah you need to give him that credibility and it, it's it's one of those things where if you're giving a guy a video package you're telling us you should care about this guy. And and the and the only way you could get me to care less about a guy is to have him lose on his debut. Especially when you've given the story that guys from the 205 live roster are quote unquote lesser than main roster superstars. That's my issue is the storytelling there. Because you can say all you want, wow, Cedric really looked good in defeat. But it doesn't matter. No, no, especially not when you have the Lucha House Party who are so heavily associated with 205 Live being turned into a clown show next. <laughs> yes, the, the newly uh, newly rechristened Viking Raiders, which I guess is a nice compromise. No, no, no. This is actually a really nice illustration of why compromise is not always a virtue, I would say. <laughs> Well, he's no longer Ivar, he's Ivar now again. Yeah, right, no, 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 but like, you know, taking a bad idea and porting it with a good idea does not make, it, although it yields a compromise idea, doesn't yield a better idea, and this is very illustrative of compromise, not necessarily always being a virtue, but here we are, the Viking Raiders, and they came out, I mean, I guess, okay, in mild defense of renaming them slightly, although I don't like the idea of renaming the War Raiders, the one plus of this is if they're going to be heel, you've now pulled away the chant of war from them, so there's less to kind of cheer on when they're doing their thing. Viking, 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 Viking. Vike, 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 Vike. Ah, <laughs> uh, they did troll us a bit with the, uh... With, with the name the of the movie finisher. show called the Viking, the Viking Experience. Experience. I will only refer to it as the Vikening, though. The Vikening. Yes. <laughs> the Quickening. We should. We should. No, those are the Highlanders. Yes, and, and they're they're long gone. Um, but you know the Viking Raiders really might only be one eventually, or there can only be one, and they're slowly eliminating all the other tag teams. I bent this into a Highlander reference, damn it, and that's what makes me good at radio. <laughs> Uh, I I did like the showdown between the Usos and the Revival. I am I am I am down okay, for and that I like match. Charlie Carew. So I mean, come on, that was funny. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I popped for that. Um, I I am somewhat flummoxed at Ricochet losing to Robert Roode. 
clean. Yeah, okay, so I'm fulfilled by the whole Robert Rude thing. It's as though between the food poisoning I had last week and right now, Bobby Rude and Chad Gable had their feud match. Bobby Rude decimated Chad Gable, emerged victorious, and rebranded himself. Uh, and I must have missed all of that in the nausea because I now feel as though two months have passed since that tag team. I- I'm guessing it has to do with, well, we want Rude to be taken seriously, but who can take a guy named Bobby seriously? That's a child's name. We're going to rechristen him Robert. No, and he's done this in TNA, if you yeah. recall, too. So yeah. this is not the first time Bobby Rude has been Robert Rude. And I like evoking Rick Rude more. You get the two R's. He's growing out the mustache. He's doing a little bit of the presentational thing he when has, he's taking off the robe. But there's he has still the Don Fry look. Yeah. Yeah. There's cool. still a little bit of shoring up in terms of the mannerisms and stuff that he needs to kind of comport himself with with the mustache in order to really wear the mustache this is a bold mustache jeff and i support it but you actually have to lean into it needs a manager yeah i'm on board with that needs i'm on board with that type yeah um and also just the the promo was still the same lame bobby oh i dropped 150 pounds of dead weight is this guy's this guy's not good but I'm glorious, you know. It, it's 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 blah 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 glorious, you know, as opposed to really telling me something about yourself. I that's my issue, and that's not his fault. But it's still the same kind of get to the catchphrase presentation that you're just like, yeah, it doesn't matter that you're dressing different. You're still talking loud, ain't saying nothing. As yeah, and it was say. weird to beat Ricochet. I I don't love that the I splitting. Didn't get. Of Ricochet and Aleister Black, I, I don't actually think reintroducing them a second time after you just introduced them six weeks ago makes a whole lot of sense. If that um, was on a pay per view, yeah, I don't mind. If but but on a but as a throwaway on a third hour of Raw, where he hasn't been beat and he's a guy that's getting over and you hear good the match. pops of the crowd, it was a good match. It I like matter. this. It's this is no, I, I know it doesn't matter. I, I'm just trying to give any mild defense of what I saw in the ring because I don't like the booking decision. I thought that this is the best Rude has looked in months, but it made absolutely no damn sense to have this match. Exactly. I I was. When when they put those two together, I'm like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna have Rude get all gussied up, and probably get a DQ loss. I could see that happening, or he's gonna lose win via by... countout. They don't like doing that, but that's another way he could win. Or I I just thought he was gonna lose clean, and they're gonna I'm gonna go well. See, he's a he's a geek again. And then they had him win clean, clean, and I just went. So why have we been bothering with Ricochet all these weeks then? That that loss now means nothing, and that's the problem I have. Is the last seven weeks mean nothing? It, yeah, it, I mean they're they're trying to go tabula rasa on everything. I swear, if I didn't know better, Vince Russo was reintroducing Vince McMahon to the magic reset button, the page one rewrite of the entire roster. I I don't know why they think we can just go on this flight of fancy with them. I, this is not something that WWE has ever done in recent vintage. Not like this. Mm, it it just felt so throwaway. And Ricochet loses. And now on to <laughs> this Bray Wyatt promo. Oh boy! So this is Pee Wee's Bray House. Um, 
So let me talk about the things I like before we get into the things we don't. The things I like, I like all the Whalen Mercy references. Uh, not just the buzzard, of course, but also the gloves. And kind of the whole meaner, demeanor and stuff. We're kind of going back to first principles with Bray Wyatt. But I don't know how this cashes out. That's what I find very confusing. And I don't trust this writing team, particularly this editorial team, to commit to the full-on creepiness that I think you need to do to make Braywee's playhouse work out. I am on the fence on this. Because I, me and a bunch of TV writers were talking... Um, sketch comedy writers, a few others. And I'm the only one who kind of defended this as an interesting choice. I didn't say I liked it, but it's no, definitely it's an interesting choice to make. Yeah. That said, one of the reasons I'm on the fence about this is I don't know if this is, if this is clever in the, in the vein of a Halloween two type gimmick where he's going to be a cult leader trying to, you know, sway the children of America with a new quote-unquote image, even though it's really evil underneath? Or if this is a Brodus Clay-type move where you market him as a monster for a couple of weeks and then he comes out as the dancing Funkasaurus type from with from a planet with a couple of dancers. This I is where my skepticism really starts to set in, is mm-hmm. what does this look like inside of the ring? When Bray Wyatt... His music hits. The lights go down. What the hell happens right after that? He walks out, and does it get really stupid? Do we have toys and stuff that we're handing out to the kids? Does he want to hand a toy to Cedric Alexander before hitting him with Sister Abigail's kiss? Does he doink the clown? Yeah. Yes, I worry a lot about this, although... In the hands of a writing team I trusted more. Like, let's say it was Matt Hardy writing all of this stuff. I'm sure Matt Hardy could do something interesting with this character. Yeah, I, it, it, for me, I, I watched it and I went, okay, it's a choice. I don't know if it's a good choice. It's not like they, as, as one of the, my writer friend says, it's not like they snuck wonder shows in past Vince McMahon all of a sudden. And this is some sort of brilliant thing. There's a plan behind it. I just think I have to give it a couple more weeks before I go. Uh, before I decide on, on because I have to see what the follow through is. I will say though, Jeff, the big losers this week in the Pee Wee's Bray House segment are the Bray Wyatt cosplayers, um, of which there are many at WWE live shows. They're going to have to do something new with their look. Cardigan sweaters. They're going to have to go buy a yeah, car. They're gonna, but they're going to have to do the, you know, the little sidewall side shaving thing, too, and pull it back into the ponytail now. We're, we're talking about a whole new commitment here for those gentlemen. I dug the homage to Terry Funk with the cardboard cutout and the, and the chainsaw. Yeah, no, I like that. And it's also a little bit Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Leatherface, too. So we're still kind of in that horror tropes thing going on with Bray yeah. Wyatt. And, and I like that. I, I don't hate that but but i would not say i love it yeah i'm not in love with it but 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 i went all right that's out of the box thinking and i like out of the box thinking on 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 this no they need to try new things we've been saying this for a while and, and i'm willing to accept when you try new things not everything is going to work but if it turns out to be a learning lesson then that's progress that's how you make progress yeah and when you have the resources of a major film company at your disposal 
you should be taking chances like this, I think. I, that's that's the thing I like about it. And this many hours of television as mm -hmm. well, right? Like, there should be a test lab show. I don't know if that... That should be main event, right? Like, they really should be taking one of these hours of television, especially one of these B shows, and using that as the place to test drive some of these new ideas. I think that would be a good thing. And uh, finally, uh, Sami Zayn as the <laughs> Greek chorus of the McMahon family. I yeah, think yeah. I Sammy Zane can, can can read the phone book and make it interesting for me because he just he he's just so damn entertaining. I just don't know if I like <laughs> I don't like him being. I wish I could believe that he was the guy saying this as opposed to man, who's a likable fellow who could go out there and 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 say what Vince McMahon is really thinking right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's definitely what's going on there. And the whole you're projecting your emotion stuff, just very robotic and very words in someone else's mouth. Oh, I know, I know what else we forgot the uh, the Becky Lynch, Alicia Fox. Uh, oh <laughs> my! <laughs> Debacle, I would say. Yeah, um, that was. That was an outing. There was one point where Alicia went for a leapfrog. It did not quite get enough vertical, and I thought Becky Lynch was about to get a faceful, um, and she managed to get underneath that very low bridge. Can I can I be the one to opine that over the years Alicia Fox has kind of kind of given in to the uh, unstable gimmick a little bit? I could see where she might be a bit of trouble to work with, um, just judging from her social media and things like that you're just kind of like a little high strung at times um i did like the way they got out of it with with lacey evans so i thought that was uh yeah i am I'm, I'm high on lacey i'm not i'm not high on this becky and lacey interaction though no. which managed to both be stereotypical and offensive and also sexist yeah so we we start off with becky being sexist or, you know, slut-shaming, whatever you want, insinuating that Lacey Evans is sleeping yeah. her way to the top in the back, and then Lacey fires back, ah, there's that traditional Irish temper, which is... That's not one, a good comeback. No, that's not a good comeback. That's uh, actually <laughs> stereotyping. As a man who, is, who has had to use his wits and his forked tongue a lot of times in insult contests to basically survive, uh... I've been in yeah. a few flame wars myself. You don't go to stereotypes. That doesn't end well. It's a not bad playbook. That, not only that, you don't go to non sequiturs, which are stereotypes. Which don't. That's end. also true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a reach, right? It was. It was as though the to arrive at the stereotype, she needed to like search. She was trying to get there, and yeah. she found a way to get there. You know, Be Becky goes, "You're a whore," and she goes, well, "Yeah, well, you're bad at math." Wait, what? <laughs> that makes no sense. It's not a comeback. Stop that. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I just, uh. No, I was cringing all the way. I was just curled up into a ball on my couch watching that segment. Just like, oh my God, this is very bad. All right, uh, parents, it's time to turn down the, uh, podcast for about a minute if you have children in the car. Because we have a sponsor this week. <laughs> Our sponsor this week is Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex. I mean, really good sex. I mean, the type of sex where, like, Arya Stark is thirsty and she wants it right then and there. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, 
Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. It's Blue Chew. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. You know, like if some, you know, you get a call from a lady friend and says, hey, want to come over? And you're like, you know, sometimes it's like, well, I haven't taken my pill yet. Not a problem with Blue Chew. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance. You know, maybe you want a little bit of uh, less lag time on the second go-around. That Blue Chew's for you. It's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So you don't have to go to a doctor and be embarrassed to talk to an old family friend of 30 years about ED or anything like that. There's no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And now you're asking, well, how do I get this? Well, glad you asked. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code STR. I feel like singing, Chris. This is just wrong. Just pay $5 shipping. And use the Five promo code STR. <laughs> Again, that's use B. Use our promo code STR. Again, that's B L U E Chew.com. Promo code STR to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Shake Them Ropes. Go tell them that you love us. Go buy a lot of pills and, and make your lady friend happy. And you'll be saying, I got the blues. Ooh. Oh, yeah, daddy. Woo. Yeah. Who nanny? All right. <laughs> very cool. Very legal. Very cool. <laughs> oh, I hope they find it as funny as we did. Um, <laughs> uh, sh- Smackdown. Up until the end. Found it a rather dull show, but man, they had to make this choice, Chris. They yes. had to turn Kevin Owens because... It was lightning fast, so I knew that they were going to turn Kevin Owens, but turning him in like a week, on one hand, you kind of see it coming because Kofi Kingston needs a challenger. On the other hand, this probably could have breathed a little bit. At bare minimum, when they're sitting at the announce table, let us at least think that these guys are becoming friends. Yeah, I, I agree with there. I think they needed to sell it a little bit more, but I'll tell you why they needed to do it sooner rather than later. You have Roman Reigns versus The Authority as your A storyline again, oh. which, oh, which I no. think is going to be dull as dishwater. I think it's really yeah, no, he's become people. boring again. He uh, no, I, I I was very worried that Roman, given this fresh start opportunity, they would go back to their old bad habits, and he is now paired with Shane McMahon and Elias. Those matches are gonna suck. There's no two ways around it. But it's just it's just the well-worn trope of the McMahons are evil and they're going to do office politics against the good guys. And they've guy got their henchman wrestler, Elias, and he's yeah. going to come out and he's going to save Shane McMahon's ass and Shane's going to try to get one over. And you're almost kind of on Shane's side a little bit insofar as he's trying to get vengeance for his 73-year-old father getting murdered on television last week. But it's just, it's stale. It's and still, you, and you know I can't that Elias, Elias isn't the means to the end. It's probably another guy on the roster. It's probably going to be, um, 
Oh, I can't remember his name right now. Big giant guy. Oh, Lars Sullivan. I Lars think yes. Sullivan. Eventually, Lars is going to be that answer for Roman Reigns. He's going to be the formidable challenger. And he's going to be Shane's guy. I I can see that happening. But back to Kevin Owens and this. You had a choice here. You could either have Kevin Owens remain and become a beloved member of the New Day, but the New Day part is overshadowing Kofi's reign as a champion. And I, I think, with, especially if you which watch Which was that, a problem going into this, which is yes. why you and I were calling for not a full-on departure of Kofi from the New Day, but, but Kofi kind different. of sets sail. He goes on his own personal voyage for a minute. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded Owens and Woods as a team working here and there while Kofi's off doing his thing, but he's still just a member of the New Day. He's still wrestling like a member of the New Day. He's not wrestling like a WWE champion. He's wrestling like a guy who, for lack of a better term, got a participation trophy for... for he deserved it. For he deserved years it. of service. Yeah. But they did nothing for his character... To differentiate him as... They didn't reinvent the guy, either in the ring, outside of the no. ring, on the microphone. He is the same old, same old. He might as well have the U.S. title. This is the exact same Kofi Kingston match. Yeah, he'd wrestle the same as the U.S. champ as he would here. And I think what this does now is it gives Which a is nice... not what should happen, kids. I, I know it's been a while since we've actually had rules for how match styles are supposed to be for these different titles, but... The top title should have a different match format than the mid-card titles. Yes. Just period. Yes. It, it should feel more important at all times. And I, I think what this does is it gives a nice psychic break. You know, Kevin Owens destroys Woods, which I'm fine with. And then now Kofi has to get angry. And maybe, just maybe, this also gives the opportunity to rebrand Kofi a little bit as a little more vicious, a little more main event style to get revenge for his friend. Maybe. I'm not holding out hope for that. If anyone can carry him to a good match, it's going to be Kevin Owens, right? Like, Evans can call... I'm sorry. Kevin Owens can call that match and make Kofi look really, really good during it. I'm, I'm fine with the match. I, I just... I don't want to see Kofi doing his usual, you know, trouble in paradise, boom drop uh, style of match. I want to see him angry. I want to see... A little bit of heat in this for what you did to us. You know, we put our trust in you and you turn. I, I want to see that kind of build. And I I don't have the faith in the company to do that because they don't do heat. They don't do that kind of heat well with guys that they don't really care about. And no, and they don't really care about Kofi Kingston. No, they are. They're trying to find someone to take the title off of them. That's Absolutely. what all the. That's what all these other storylines are auditions for is who's going to get to take the title off of Kofi right now. Um, either that or it's just holding places until they get back from Saudi Arabia so that Daniel Bryan can be rechristened because he's not going to go to Saudi Arabia. Good for him. So then we had Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor versus Andrade, and this was an okay match, but once again we have Andrade San almost taking a clean loss, and I feel like he's another guy very much trapped in a holding pattern. The shuffle up didn't do any good for him. Uh, you know, you have to kind of take the positive with the negative with this one. Andrade and Zelina were slated to be on Raw. And then they realize, oh, we're splitting up couples. So they put Zelina back where Alistair is. And they put Andrade back where Charlotte is. 
I think that's a positive overall. Because their move has been, screw these couples, we're going to try and break them up, as opposed to making them happy. So maybe it's a little bit of a tonal shift in the way they do business. Um, but overall, I think you're right. I think Andrade would have been much better off on Raw. Um, yeah. Because it would have been a fresh start. He's had these great matches here, but we've seen him get beat enough here. If he went on Raw and got... This last round of NXT call-ups has been wildly unsuccessful. I don't know when we actually file our report cards on this, but things have not looked good uh, the last like round of NXT call-ups. Oh, I'd, not a lot I'd of success say the last, stories. I'd, I'd say the last three or four rounds of NXT call-ups haven't been successful. Yeah. I think that's a fair thing to say. I mean, we're looking at Andrade, and he's a round to go. Um, so, you know, we got Ricochet, and he's he's the most recent one, but Andrade's from the last class, and he's kind of lost, too. Rude, Nakamura, Joe. Chad Gable. Finn Balor, if you want to go that route. I mean, because, I mean, he was successful for a very short time, and then they cooled him off real quick. I don't know. He's IC champion. Like, in this company, I think that's success. But Bailey. Yeah, Bailey, certainly. I mean, and we'll get into her in a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the guys who have been successful are the guys who haven't been on NXT all that much. I think Lars Sullivan, because he fits the prototype of what Vince wants, has a far higher ceiling. I mean, Elias, Elias is a success story. That's, yeah. I mean, compared to the great wrestlers that NXT had, because he was a character. Alexa Bliss is a success story. Carmella is a success story. And My boy Elias watch... has discovered Capos, Jeff. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> but, but I mean, if you watched them on NXT compared to them on the main roster, you'd go, huh, I, I never saw that coming, as opposed to, oh, man, look at all these great wrestlers who, you know, have that built-in fan base and have had these great matches that can really get a crowd into it. You'd go, there's no way they can miss on some of these guys, and then they do. And Ember like, Moon. How do you miss on Ember Moon? Yeah, Ember Moon was getting hot, and then they just beat her one day, and it's like, huh, okay. Why? I again, I'd never have people lose, but I like squash matches and interviews, but that's me. Yeah, certainly on television and stuff. When, you when you've got this many hours of television to fill, I would be doing more interviews, more squash matches, and, and not certainly not beating your new people. You know, Finn and Andrade are going to have these great back-and-forth 50-50 matches. They're going to have a title match probably on, on Money in the Bank if they're not both in the Money in the Bank match. It was weird to start this feud, though, with Andrade taking an L. And a rather clean L, and Zelina Vega even attempted to interfere as well. Yeah, and that that's how they get out of it in their mind is, oh, look, he had to help. Zelina, and that's what distracted him, so it's not really a clean loss. But it is, because she was trying to cheat. It's a distracted loss. Yeah. I'm not uh, saying I, their logic makes sense, No, Chris. I know. I, I know. Logic. I know that's their logic. It's just, it's dumb logic. Sometimes people have logic, and it's bad. I, I concur. So, on both shows, we've had, oh, there was another match that, that I forgot, that I passed over with, with Becky on, on, uh, or not on Becky, but, uh. On, on Raw as well. Both Iconics, your tag team champions in the women's division, this new burgeoning titles, they oh, both And lost. Billy, she's not in the Alicia Fox zone, but Billy is not... She drifts towards the Alicia Fox zone at various points in terms of work rate. Peyton's good. Uh, Peyton's a good wrestler. It's just, this is not an exciting team to watch in the ring. 
Yeah, I mean, you get Kyrie saying over, which is good. Um, I'm, <laughs> it's weird. Mandy, Mandy Rose is growing on me as a character. I don't know why. I found that whole angle to be really jarring, though. So they have this match with the Iconics, and then after Kyrie Sane gets a win over Peyton, then out come Mandy and Sonya like, you're not interested in the tag team titles. You're interested in fighting with us because your manager used to manage us. And then, uh, and then, of course, Jinder Mahal walks out. <laughs> well, yeah, right. No, it's like a series of non sequiturs. It's like, huh? Wait, what? It's like, oh, Why? No, just, 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 no, we don't want to lose their attention. It, everybody, yeah, has there's ADD. no joke or anything. Quit, it's get just, out yeah, there. just keep moving things along. Why is this happening? There is no reason. And then, and then Jinder Mahal and Chad Gable don't have a match because, because Lars Sullivan destroys Chad Gable, then destroys the Singh brothers, who must always be destroyed on every appearance. God but not Jinder. Somehow Jinder manages to talk to the agents in the back and go like, I have an idea. I have an idea. I will run away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And then out came R-Truth. I kind of like the R-Truth spot. Again, if, 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 and I know at least one or two people from WWE listen to this. If the Singh brothers are not getting a, a, a nice hefty dollar bill of a high denomination every week, from the guys that they have to take bumps from, then they should be <laughs> they should be treated like gods backstage because they die for our sins every week. Every week, these sick brothers have to take these bumps that just kill them. I I feel so bad for them at times. Yeah, well, I I mean they could be doing more interesting things, and they have just been stuck as Jinder Mahal's sidekick, which is yeah. not an enviable position. Um, I'd although love to see him, I, I I'd guess love to see him they might on 205. Yeah, I would like to see him on 205 Live. I guess they'll have some increased relevance as WWE expands into India, and maybe that is where the kind of payday is for the Singh brothers. Is that eventually, long game, they will be an important part of the India operations for WWE. Maybe yeah, that's what they're for. they thought that about Jinder Mahal too. Well, no, I'm saying, well, the things might not necessarily do it on screen. I might say, like, they might just be involved in, you know, the overall production, whatever goes on in India when WWE expands there. That might be what those two guys are playing for. That might be why they are willing to take these sort of insane bumps from Lars Sullivan. Alistair Black promo? Strange. And a bunch of word salad. <laughs> it's like, you may not know why I'm here now. But you'll learn of my pain. I'm just like, God, that's depressing. Oh, and then the whole thing of people judge me on my appearance, but they shouldn't judge me on my appearance. And it's always, might I just say, Jeff, it is always the people who choose to make themselves look very, very strange. It's a choice. And then after they make that choice, they say, you cannot judge me on that choice that I have made. And I've always found that to be quite unfair. I found that to not be logical. You decided to look like that. Of course right. I'm you got the four-letter word tattooed on your forehead. I think I get to have an opinion on that. The, you know, the 32-year-old woman I saw in Costco yesterday with the rainbow bright outfit, blue hair, and, and uh, also the rainbow bright purse. I'm like, yeah, you're uh, you're fighting off uh, adolescence, aren't you? Still. You know, it's a choice. It, right. It's, it's a, a choice. choice. It's just it's a weird thing for I, I just it's a cliche. I get that they're trying to make him a heel. And, oh, don't you judge me. Don't anyone ever judge me. Oh, I don't me. think he's Very a heel. I not. Think, oh, you don't. I, you don't think he's a heel. I think he's a rebellious babyface. I think that's, oh. a, that's a Vince McMahon line where people judge me by my appearance. It's like, 
Nobody in NXT judged you by your appearance. They, they knew who you were. They thought you were badass. What are you talking about? No, if anything, they did judge you by your appearance and said, oh, that guy looks cool. Yeah. Oh, man, I like that. I That's love a cool whole, thing that uh, that guy's doing. I, yeah. and the reason people think that look is cool is because you chose that look and you've adopted that look and it looks cool on you. You know it's what they're, they're judging? They're judging that sound effect on your on your theme song. That's what they're judging. They're oh saying, yeah, that's, sure. That's lame. They're then they're praying that Vince doesn't turn you into a forgotten son. That's what they're. That's what they're. That's the only thing about your appearance that worries me in any way, Alistair Black. Otherwise, I think we're cool. <laughs> People were always judging me for my use of Foley artists. You know what? I want I want actually one of these intrepid reporters from WWE who never asked decent questions to go up and go, who are these people who judge you by your appearance? Yeah, where is this coming from? Who's who, saying who, this? It's, it's just like one of these Twitter things where like some blue check mark goes, you know, some people say when you're really just trying to form your own opinion and, and say it without, you know, wanting to be held accountable no, you, for No, it. what you want, too, is also the authority of the herd. So you're, like, invoking that there is a group think around this idea that you're about to put out there, although it's really just your own idea. You yes. want the backing of a posse, yeah, an imaginary exactly. posse. I'm like, I'm, man, you made me turn on Alistair Black, Chris. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, it was a thing he said, and it stuck in my head. Uh, we, we can move on. Is there anything else we need to hit here on the show? Some people say chocolate isn't very good. Who said this? Tell me who said this. I will fight them in the streets, Alistair Black. <laughs> um, yeah, I, the uh, the Charlotte Becky confrontation. Yes. Um, this was long and really sucked the energy out of the show when it came up in the like right at the top of the second hour. Here, I, I just thought it was very draggy, and Becky is just. She's kind of grating, especially after the Lacey Evans promo. And then, like, Charlotte conflating Lacey Evans with her, I didn't think was helpful in any way, shape, or form. I don't understand Charlotte's need to step on Becky. She does this when she's in a tete-a-tete. And, and it's been a bad habit of hers for a couple of promo cycles where it's almost like they're telling you to improvise a bit, but at the same time, she loves stepping on on Becky's lines and I just don't I don't understand that as an acting choice because it's almost like it's almost a Stephanie McMahon move at at times when she would emasculate guys where it's like one person sticking to the script and she can do whatever she wants I don't know if it's that level but Becky will be saying something and Charlotte will go, oh, really? You know, like like that, like interrupting her thought so she can't ever get the thought out. I'm just like, that's grating. I liked the Bailey entrance. I, you could tell the I people- liked the Billy match, too. It was fresh. It was the good. Was I liked fine. her- I liked her hitting her with that good form. Like there was a little bit of fire in Billy that was much needed. Yeah. No, I, here, here's what happened. Last week in Montreal during SmackDown, she was booed for interrupting Ember Moon. Tonight she came out there and she wasn't stupid babyface Bailey. She was standing up for herself. I can be a badass too if I want to be Bailey. And the crowd got behind her and she should have won that match. It doesn't yeah. matter when her title title match against Becky is. She can no, have that can in her pocket. You can even have it go 50-50 next week and you just, you know, Charlotte gets the win back or even better, 
Bailey wins that match, and then Charlotte, in an attempt to get into that match, decides that she's going to injure Bailey. Yes, anything because Charlotte doesn't need to be protected here. No, Charlotte. Charlotte has a resume where she'll just go to the McMahon's and go, "Hey, I'm an eight-time champ. Give me another title match." I, I just it, it was such a it was a waste of a nice reboot. I thought because I thought you know that's another match where I don't want to see Bailey lose unless it's on a big event. A waste of a nice reboot is, or the waste of a reboot opportunity is the recurring motif throughout all of these shows. Yeah. It's like, well, we're just going to play somewhere they were. They're just on a new show against new people. And you're like, wait, what? You, you are. Okay. And you're just like, that, that, why then move the people? Because, you know, if they're going to be slotted the same, then, then, then there's no reason to move a person. I, I it's, it's, it's baffling to me. There's part of me that thinks, though, that Bailey's not going to get Bailey's not going to get another major run, even though she's the workhorse of this division, until she gets a Becky Lynch type of grassroots following behind her. And the problem is, we're calling she, for that for so many things now. It's like the only yeah. way they can do sensible things is if there's like a near mutiny from the fans. Yeah, we and can't I have a I, yes movement every time to make a coherent writing decision. Well, that's the only way they know if anybody's popular anymore is if if they get a fight back from the crowd, because otherwise they just go on with their same dopey plans all the time. Of you know, okay, who who's almost you know on, on the women's side, who's six foot and a blonde, and on the men's side, who's six foot seven and and a giant, and or Roman Reigns. So because that's the only way you ever get anything out of. Out of this, out of Vince McMahon's wheelhouse, for the most part, and you're just like, mm, okay. Um, but I, I don't think Bailey gets her grassroots following until Sasha gets another, <laughs> until Sasha actually defends a title for once. I think that's that. You mean I Becky? Could, no, I mean Sasha. I oh, mean, Sasha needs to win a title, and then Bailey gets a title shot against Sasha. No, I think no. Here, here's the knock on Sasha, and they've been saying this on TV the entire time. Oh yeah, she can't win a. She, she can't retain she can't, the title in a title. She can't retain defense. a title. I think. Yeah. I think. I think when she comes back, and I think if she's not back by Money in the Bank, you're gonna get a ton of "We Want Sasha" chance at Money in the Bank. I think that's a danger that they they should be looking out for. Um. And I think it kind of plays into the story as well because also announced for Money in the Bank is that Becky Lynch will defend both titles on the card. She will defend the Raw title against Lacey Evans and she will defend the SmackDown Live Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair, it looks like. Which is interesting because I think then, after having two matches, I think probably the Women's Money in the Bank winner cashes in. And I'm guessing that's going to be Alexa Bliss. That sounds about right. I, I mean, I haven't thought too hard about it, but yeah, I, she could be a really good candidate for the Money in the Bank title. Well, she's announcing all the participants next week. She, she's sneaky on the roster, and they love her. So I could see her being being made a star again because they need they need stars now. I mean, the people they've been heating up, are gone like Naya and Rhonda. And right now they have Charlotte, they have Becky, and they kind of have Lacey Evans, and that's it. So they, they need they need a little bit of a jump a spark to this division. But um 
Anything else from uh, from the main roster shows? No, I think we got all five and change hours of the main roster here this week, and now it's on to the Thursday show where we talk about NXT UK, NXT, and 205 Live. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Blue Chew, once again, uh, for free shipping on your first order. That's Use the code STR, that's B-L-U-E-CHU.com. You can follow me at Crap Game 13, I almost said at Chris Novembrino. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. Yeah, that's a good way to follow me. And a it, bad way to just, follow Jeff. Yes, bad way to follow me. We Our Twitter feeds are vastly, vastly different. Um, we lead and you can follow lives. the show at Shake Them Ropes. Uh, Chris has other projects of which he will tell you about right now. Yeah, my other show is called Don't Worry About the Government. You can find it over at don'tworry.tv. For those of you who might be interested in a deep dive into the Mueller report, I am going section by section, page by page through that puppy. So if you're interested in getting that granular, you can do that over at don'tworry.tv. We'll see you Thursday.